Hey y'all, welcome to You Ain't Got to Lie, Craig, a spinoff podcast of Who All Gonna Be There, part of Nat Turner Project's media unempire. I'm Maximiliano, one half of Nat Turner Project. Shout out Melanie Stevens on her spinoff podcast, Who All In It, with Ariella Tai, and an angel appeared to Shinji on Christmas Day. How to support Nat Turner Project, Patreon page with the exclusive podcast episode, which are only available behind the paywall, so we get extra messy. Buy our publication and merch on our Etsy and subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on all platforms. Links in the show notes. Also, if you have any questions, email us at natturnerprojectzero, and we will answer it on air. Now, I know it's been a minute since we've been back um, recouping from an impact. And here we are again. Thanks for your patience, listeners. For this fourth episode of You Ain't Got a Lie, Craig, we continue our conversation around Neon Genesis Evangelion. This time we are joined by two special guests, Nicole Robinson and Clara Miliana. To, Hello. Oh, yeah. To add some new Ava insights, Nicole and Clara, tell us about yourselves. I'll go first. So my name is Nicole Robinson. I'm a community builder over in the Portland area. Um, I, when there isn't COVID, usually uh, host a comic book creator meetup and I like to draw a lot. Um, you can pretty much find me anywhere online at um, Dacky Comics, D-A-K-K-Y-C-O-M-I-C-S. And, um, and yeah, I, uh, I like to play video games and draw and also I work on the health industry. That's pretty much me. <laughs> Hey everyone, um, my name is Claire Miliana, and um, I have my I, I have my uh, talents in a lot of different things, but primarily I'm a graphic designer, illustrator, and game developer. Um, if you want to follow some of the things that I've been doing, um, it is uh, you can follow me at Clara E M E M, um, and also um, H I O um, at Diablo Soft. Um, Thank you all so much. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both for being here. We're excited to have um, some special guests and to have um, some new Ava Insights perspectives. Yeah, um, thank you for having us. Yeah, hell yeah. Also, uh, Nikki is an NTP Drinking Gourd Fellow and was a Nat Turner Project Black Arts Ecology of Portland um, Black Abbey artist and resident, and um, has also been a past guest on a Nat Turner Project's main podcast. Who all? Um, yeah, we're glad to have you on. You ain't got to lie, Craig. The Ava Arc, and as always, I am joined by my fearless classmates and co-pilots. My, the pin to my pin, Ruben and Onyx. Um, how have y'all been since our last episode? Uh, you know, just. Riding that life roller coaster, doing the stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I've been doing good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a chef now, I right hear. I am. Yeah, I'm officially a chef, a real chef. I got a cool new knife for Christmas, a sharp knife. That, and I got a carrying case with it too, so I can take it to work with me and be like extra chef. Uh, 
got some aprons I'm trying to make so I can be pink extra chef. I'm really excited to, to really just go crazy at this new job. It's going to be excellent. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to have, yeah, done a good switch, feel healthier, but you know, it'd be like that. How are y'all's knife skills? knife skills atrocious <laughs> definitely not as good as whatever you got going on for sure <laughs> oh no mine are so bad too like i oh it's really funny because i went from being a pizza cook and so like to like a a medium cook i would even say like it's it's barely chef it's barely chef but you know i'm, I'm making beans and grains for like small people it's great well young folks you know kids <laughs> and like i don't have like you don't have any, no yeah, yeah, I don't really either, I, I, like, vaguely know, you have to do, like, this bear claw thing, and, like, I just learned that, like, the way I've been holding the knife has actually been wrong, and that's why I'm starting to get blisters, I should be holding it a different way, so that my hand's more, like, one with the knife, and I won't, like, chop off my fingers, I am surprised yeah. that I've gotten, like, way less cuts than I thought I would get, like, first, like, three weeks in the job, very happy about that, but, like, so it's not terrible, but I do, I'm, I'm scared I do to find to out my skills. I'm scared to find out that knives are like the one thing that we've been doing wrong the whole time and just had no idea. Um, yeah, I thought it was simple. <laughs> and it, well, if you talk to like actual like prep cooks too, or like not like like line cooks and stuff, they get really like edgy about their knife skills. Like it's definitely like <laughs> a, a a bro up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. So now I have to be better than all the bros. It'll be great. I used to be a chef, but it was like super unregulated. Like I was not qualified at all. And I was a waitress and they were just like, wow, you're a really annoying waitress. Stop hollering at all the chefs to make the food faster. As a matter of fact, <laughs> why don't you get your ass in the kitchen and you cook the food so you see how hard they work. And that's literally what it was and so they threw me in the kitchen I didn't know how to do anything they taught me of course but um yeah it's uh I I know how to make everything on that menu and it definitely um made my cooking confidence a lot higher so I'm like really good at making some things <laughs> and a lot more confident in making a lot of things after my time in the restaurant I had like six months where I worked at like a sandwich shop and I had to cut things. Um, and I think I got better knife skills then, um, but still probably low level, but better than I was. <laughs> oh my God, when was the last episode? Yeah, when was the I don't last know. episode? Just what have you been up to recently? How have you been? Um, I've been animating a lot, it's fun. I've been doing like a lot of little experiments. I've been practicing the cello, it's been fun. I've been rebuilding my car from scratch. Not from scratch, but like rebuilding it and working on it for the last three weeks. Um, I taught a class, that was fun. Uh, I don't know, just like being with family here in Mexico. I'm gonna be returning next month, so I'm excited for that. Uh, and just, you know, eating, sleeping, trying to take care, trying to not go out and go crazy at the same time. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. What have you been animating? 
Um, just some, uh, I've been wanting to make these uh, wall pieces, some like things you can hang. And I thought animate, like these animation loops would be fun. And so far they came out, they come out really good. And I'm really liking the use of colors. I've never used colors before. Mostly mm -hmm. in animation mostly because it's like in film is like, oh, I just pick a, I pick a spot depending on what the person is wearing and then it looks good, I guess. Right. But in animation, you just start with like, kind of like a piece of paper, right? You have to like pick everything from there. So if color palettes selection is like such a new thing to me that I'm like so happy experimenting with colors and like palettes and like, I like this one. And I don't know, <laughs> it's been wild because I, I heard you were a designer. So maybe for you hearing someone that's like an, uh, an artist and it's 35 years old and saying like, I don't know, I've never made a selection of colors. Uh, it's crazy. So yeah. No, it's actually really relatable. Um, when I was in college, I only ever did anything in black and white. Um, and then I got so many people just going, wow, that would look amazing in color. And I think I just, I heard that enough times that I got sick of it. And I was like, you know what, here, here's your color. And I just like did like monochrome, just like the one color. And then people got sick of that. And I don't know, I think I just got bullied into using color, um, but, but I do enjoy using it now. <laughs> it's hard, it's hard. All right, you still have more lines, Ruben. I have more lines. Today, will. Uh, where's the other one? Oh, lift off. <clears throat> one. No, right after your <laughs> Ruben replied, there's more blue text. Oh yeah, okay. Today, will and all. Today, will. Today, will. <laughs> Oops, all... I forgot to have. <laughs> what is it to say there? Oh, we will have today, will and. What? <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're missing text and you're the one that's missing text today we'll have okay got it okay today we'll have an all eva conversation from theories to conspiracies to hot takes are you all ready yeah y yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't know. I love I, I Okay, I Ava that. heads. Lift off. <laughs> Lift off. Lift off. Lift off. Lift off. <laughs> <laughs>
So our first talking point, um, Nikki earlier shared a link to um, the intro. Um, oh my God, sung, I've seen that one. Yeah, the evening sung by a, a choir, a gospel choir. Um, I need to figure out how to just get the MP3 to like put it in this episode, um, but we um, will. But um, yeah, I thought it was pretty tight. I watched it a few yeah, different times. It's on YouTube. You can just get it from YouTube. Oh, it is on YouTube. Okay, cool. It's easier. But yeah, it's like, I think the gospel, like the, the choir is singing it to the composer of the song. Oh, okay. It is on YouTube, but on YouTube, the quality is really poor and it cuts off the end of the song. And um, there's, there's no good quality on YouTube. I looked forever. The best, uh, the best link of, um, the, the best link is on Facebook. And for the record, the, uh, the choir that sings it is like the Glory Gospel Singers, um, you know, for, uh, for reference sake. But like, I can't even find the, um, the Evangelion song on their Instagram. I can't find it anywhere. Like, this is the only good place where I've been able to find it. It's just this YouTube link. So. Or no, this Facebook link. So. The impact got him. Yeah. Hmm? The impact got him. <laughs> Yeah, but the I just I just want to say the video is so amazing. I'm just kind of like they took anime and then put some soul on it. They took anime and made it gospel. They had people up in the stands crying. Some people looked pissed off, which is equally as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I can tell. Yeah, some people seemed upset about it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I mean, you know. I just want to say, like, colorism. Not not very many people expect, like, a whole bunch of Black people to be able to sing in Japanese and do it really well. And so they just went in there and just, just dis like, destroyed everything with, like, the grace of, you know, only a uh, Black church gospel choir could. And I just thought it was so beautiful and I needed it. To, if I was going to be in an Evangelion podcast, I needed it to be there so that we can talk about it because they were so cute with their little afro puffs and their their box braids and their little robes up in japan and i can't <laughs> help but like wonder how they convinced their congregation to send them there to that competition <laughs> i'm just kind of like I, I imagine that they're just like, no, we need to go to Japan to sing this anime song because we it's it's a song about angels and um, we say <laughs> hallelujah a lot. So surely you should fund this. We're going to bring home a trophy. <laughs> this is going to be so good. Um, but yeah, every time I hear the glory gospel version of the Evangelion opening, um, I just I just get the chills. It's so beautiful. I, I just love black people and I love Evangelion. So. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about yeah, like the story of how um they decided to do that. But yeah, I was yeah, I wondered if it was a competition, but I guess yeah, you were saying it is a competition. Um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed I it. I really don't know. I don't know if it was a competition or not. Um I'd like to think it was. But it, it also may not have been, but the um the gory no, not the gory, the glory gospel choir, as far as I know, have become pretty locally popular in Japan and like they go there every once in a while to like do singing at events and stuff and it's pretty cool I love I love to see the collaboration between like soul gospel and you know Japanese made media I just think it's so beautiful that 
you know, they are able to go and do this and it's like people want them to be there and sing. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, with this being like an all general open forum, um, I thought, yeah, it would be cool to see if any of the pundits have like a specific talking, talking point topic or question they would like to start with. And I would love to um, have either maybe Nikki or Clara go first as far as um, if you all have a talking point you want to start with or a question or something you've been dying to talk about with um, other Ava aficionados. Mm, I'll let Clara go first. Oh, no, I was going to say you should go first. But um, <laughs> so. I can go first. Okay. All right. So, um, I wanted to talk about how in the anime, um, a lot of Shinji's attention, or like Shinji just loves attention from Kaoru, and he, he, he like loves this guy, like he held his hand in a bath, and it was amazing and beautiful, and I'm, yes, yes I am that Ava fan, and then like, but it like never got resolved, and at the end of the anime, I just wanted to see more of this relationship blossom, I guess. So, you know, me never having read the comics and I, I go and uh, look at some of the comics and I find that Shinji wants nothing to do with Kaoru in the comics at all. Like Kaoru's like hitting on him and stuff and Shinji's just like, get the fuck away from me. I don't want any of this. Don't talk to me, don't look at me. And as a fan, of that relationship of that ship as a person who ships that it was kind of hard to read i was just like what happened this is like not at all what happened in the anime and it makes me kind of sad that like shinji isn't more receptive to this in the anime and so i, I guess i just wanted to talk about um like the the shinji and kaoru relationship between um like the, the difference of it between like the manga and the anime if you haven't talked about it already of course i haven't read the manga yet so that makes me really disappointed um <laughs> and i would say that in comparison uh i would like to bring up an offer up to make this a trifecta of uh, the rebuild series their relationship is also different um and i like the rebuild relationship the most i am also an ava i ship that like i think we we should i think we all ship that i don't know like Ray to me is best girl, but like obviously Kaoru is Shinji's like OTP. Like that's just that's that's just I think established. But yeah, I think that I, I don't want to do spoilers. So I'm, I don't know. Should I do spoilers on the rebuild? Rebuild one is good. I like the relationship there. We we can talk about the rebuilds and the manga and the you know the original anime. I think the 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 the, the, the trifecta of the ship should be talked about. So <laughs> I am I'm excited because like. I also didn't read the manga. I um I read very specific chapters and very specific sections that had to do with the Shinji Kaoru relationship. And so I haven't read all of it. So I, I would love to, I'm excited to talk to somebody who has possibly read more of the manga than me, who might be like, well, in that manga, no, Shinji wanted nothing to do with him. But in this one, in this volume, maybe a volume I hadn't picked up. Um, Yes, I, I want to talk about it. That's that's my that's what I'm excited about. Yay, I'm useful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I the thing is like I I've never I, 
I never read the manga until like a year or two ago. Um, because it, I think they finished it like on 2014. Oh. It started in 1995 or four uh, as they were doing the pre-production for the show and it started before the show. Uh, but it was never, the uh, manga was never going to be, the show was never based on the manga. It was just like uh, like tradition, you know, we have to have this, let's just have it going. But the thing is the show ended way before the manga uh, because the manga wasn't even finished, like I said, until like, I don't know if someone can check the date. It was like 2014, 2012, something like that. So it took like 20 years for it to finish or something like that, something like crazy. I don't know why. Um, maybe like the people involved had other projects and this wasn't like a priority. So in the manga, there are little differences, just like in the rebuild, there are like little differences. Um, in the manga, there's more of a focus of a relationship between Chinji and Asuka. Ray is more of a focus in the series. Um, so it is, it, 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 it makes sense that Shinji doesn't care about like Kaoru as much because I think Asuka and Shinji had more of a connection going on the manga. The other thing that is a little bit different, uh, and I'm gonna connect this to the reveal series is that, um, in the rebuild series, I feel like Chingy does want to go into the robot in difference to the other ones where he doesn't want to go into it. And in the in the manga, he does like near the end. He's like, um he like there's like this little bit of changes that have like enormous consequences. Uh like that. Gendo is more of an asshole, like way, way, way more of an asshole in the manga. Uh, he even like grabs Shinji like when instrumentality is about to start. Uh, he just grabs Shinji to his face. Is like I don't care about you. I only use you because I needed you to do this. You are a completely useless person, and I hate you. Like he, oh he, he said that. Yeah. Oh and, no. No. Yeah. He was like terrible, <laughs> and you know he had Adam on his hand so that he he had like a. They did like this fan service with Gendo where Gendo's like with a machine gun and an AT field made with Adam from his hand, just like mowing down soldiers, right? Um, so there's like a lot of play in it. Um, but other than that, almost everything is exactly the same, kind of like the rebuild series. Uh, one of the other things that changes is that uh, Chinji actually saves Asuka at the end. Like you remember when the Eva series are coming down and they start eating, uh, uh, when they throw like the Longing and Slay, Shinji actually stops, like, stop, like, you're not gonna kill her. And in his desire to save Asuka, Shinji starts at their impact, not he, like, he awakens the Eva in his desire to like stop this thing from happening. And the Ava awakens and like the demon comes out, kind of like how it happens in the rebuild series. It's very similar there too. Um, so it's like, I feel like there's this thing where Chiji is always doomed no matter what. Like he doesn't get on the robot, it's doomed. He gets on it, it's doomed. Like he can't escape like this kind of weird destiny. I don't remember a lot of like the relationship with Kaoru other than 
uh, it was, yes, I do agree, it was, like, way less, like, intense than the series. Um, but no, I don't agree with Onyx. Misato is this is this girl, I have to say. That's my favorite one. Uh, okay. I can't believe Gendo got worse. Like, he was really bad in the anime. And then you came up to me and you're like, Gendo got worse. Read the manga. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, that's incredible. Like, he's like, he, he's like n- number one worst anime dad of all of anime. And then Gendo got worse. Well, he's oh, the yeah. worst anime dad on purpose anyway. Uh. <laughs> um, I feel like the machine gun thing that you were describing is, I think he did that in like End of Evangelion, if I remember correctly. So like, it kind of seems like they kind of like merged all of that, which is pretty cool. It's like the manga skipped the original like Ava ending and was just like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're just gonna skip to a good ending. <laughs> no, I mean, it, third impact happens, everything is exactly the same. It's just like the decisions that Chi did are different. Yeah, exactly. He, but it was the same. Like, Chi comes out of it, of like the goo and reforms himself. Asuka mm-hmm. is there. He like chokes her and then exactly the same. But the thing is like, all like there's like a little epilogue that it's on, set on winter which is kind of fun and, and good because hmm. remember like we've been stuck in like spring forever or summer like eternal summer yeah and Chinji and Asuka meet each other in the subway and they don't, they don't know each other like they just like pass each other and like he saves her from like falling into the subway tracks which is like oh my god you saved my life and it was like and she's like, could you just let go of my hand now? And he just like let go of her hand and they just like go their separate ways. And it's winter. So it's just like everyone came out of the goo and rebuilt and forgot or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that trope. Can you let go of me now? <laughs> like after they save their life. I say that so much in anime. <laughs> Okay, um, I guess I'll talk about what I wanted to talk about, but it, I, I feel like I wanted Nikki to go first because I'm just like freaking diving head first into like conspiracy theory territory, but I guess here we go. Um, I think that only Shinji exists. Um, I don't think anybody in this world exists except for Shinji. Um, so I used to study a lot of like Buddhism and that kind of thing. Um, and um way back in the day i had read this good article that i don't remember any details of it but the the gist of what they were saying is that there's a lot of similarities between buddhism and uh quantum physics quantum mechanics all of that stuff i'm not qualified to like talk about that like aspect of science things but i will say that what they, what they were talking about was this theory that both quantum physics and uh and uh buddhism have that the world or like just like this universe in general doesn't exist without somebody alive to observe it essentially like no human alive to observe it so the idea is that if all of humanity is completely killed off then the universe dies because there's nobody to like um perceive it and like have it 
you know, look some type of way to somebody. Um, and so I just kind of feel like there's so many themes and so many implications that like the world kind of revolves around uh, Shinji um, in the sense that like he is kind of like the catalyst for a lot of the things that go on in Evangelion. Um, so to me, it seems like he is the last human anyway, um, alive. And um, he is just like, he's just like really depressed and just needing to, uh, like he's just kind of seeing his uh, world in some kind of way. And when the third impact happens is when like everything is, like everything on the earth is killed off because he's gone now. Um, and then it's kind of like recreated into like an image where like the rest of the humans come back essentially because he's like alone and doesn't have anybody. And he's, miserable um and also like ever since i figured out that hideaki ano is like has like some pretty serious depression um i i don't know to me that's like become like the main idea of the show it's just like depression like i just feel like um hideaki ano just was writing about depression the whole time and just didn't know it because it wasn't diagnosed at the time um but I've heard some, I've heard this from both this show and from Final Fantasy VII, where it was just like, yeah, um, I wrote this after my mom died and everything got dark and really twisted. And this is the story that I wanted to tell. And it just kind of feels like Shinji is by himself in this universe where all he can perceive is the universe through his depression. Um, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> And I would like to springboard off of that, if that's okay, because, um, like, when I think about the theory that Shinji is the only one, or Shinji has all of the control, that makes sense, because he's kind of got that silent protagonist vibe, where um, if you are not specifically him, you need to interact with him to have literally anything go your way or else his character doesn't work so um like if you are um asuka you need to go and interact with shinji in some kind of way or else your life just won't go anywhere if you are Rei, you need to go interact with shinji or else your life won't go anywhere like he is the only one that can change things and like i kind of look at everybody in evangelion struggling to like grab their own destinies and you know harness their own futures but it won't work because if all of the change has to come from Shinji and he doesn't want to do anything so they all have to go interact with him in order for even just a chance of anything to go their way um which you know makes sense because he's the protagonist <laughs> but uh I I kind of feel bad for everyone because nothing they they don't have control over their own futures unless they interact with somebody who doesn't really want to be interacted with. So that, uh, it, it keeps the plot going forward, but, um, that it just, it just makes you, it just makes you think like, are you the, the protagonist of your own world or do you need to go interact with somebody else in order to have any kind of, uh, in order to have any kind of change in your world? So, yeah. Yeah, that's also super crazy to me. Uh, and like, I'm glad that you said that because there's also um, Hideaki Anno's uh, wife. Um, she had made a like small little cartoon series about him. And it like the main idea was like, 
living with my husband is insane. I don't really understand him. It's really kind of a pain, like dealing with just like him and his depression and everything. Um, and it's just like him being himself. Um, but like, so I've never seen the show. Like, I want to, I want to say that. I just know that it exists, but, um, just based on like the premise of the show and like how, you know, it's just kind of this idea that like, oh yeah, Hideaki Anosh is being his like, very anal, very meticulous uh, self to his wife who's just trying to live her regular ass life. Um, and it kind of feels like that's like the dynamic between Shinji and literally everyone else. Yeah, I feel yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I guess in your like theory, it gives me like, I have all these questions like, so does that mean like, the same scenario, like all the Ava stuff still happened for Shinji to like end up alone? Or do we like not know how Shinji ended up becoming like the only person on earth? That's a good question. Um, I, um, so I can't prove it. I don't have any like textual evidence, but what I believe is the most likely story is that everyone died in Second Impact and uh, Shinji was the only one that was there, either at Second Impact or like, you know, like around there, like near before, near after Second Impact. Um, and to me that like makes a lot of sense because it, you've already, like even within like what is in the show, there has, there's been like plenty of characters talking about how they were separated from loved ones after Second Impact and how there was just like this mass exodus of uh, people. Um, it also to me explains the geofront. Um, there's a lot of like questions that I have around the, around the geofront. For example, one of the things that I don't think is ever brought up in Ava, as far as I know, is um, I think I'm pretty sure most of the foliage is fake. Like, I don't think there are real trees in Ava. Um, I think that like, in the same way that the geofront can rebuild um, buildings after like a major attack, I think that it can also do that with foliage. Um, because we also just see, you know, we, I, I feel like it's very technology heavy. We mostly only ever see um, buildings and like machinery get destroyed, but every once in a while we do get glimpses of like foliage and scenery getting destroyed and that gets rebuilt too. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of feel like after Second Impact, either, I, again, either a little before or a little after, um, Shinji has just kind of been existing on his own. I don't know the logistics of how he has been eating or feeding himself or any of this, but I kind of just feel like he has just been like in this like stupor. And um, I feel like maybe he has actually been fighting angels, but it's mostly been like a psychic battle. Um, and like, they eventually just get him every single time. Um, yeah. I want to chime in one more time. Um, uh, in one of the rebuild movies, it, the the people who were in the um, the pilot the the pilots. Um, sorry, I'm like terrible at terminology, but the pilots, whoever was exposed to the AT field or whatever that goop was, um, they stopped aging. And um, I, I kind of feel like that is also Shinji's doing because he, he needed to come back and everybody who he was closest with didn't age. And I, I, I just 
thought it was weird. I was just like, so if you're a pilot, one of the people who's closest to Shinji, you don't age because Shinji didn't. I mean, they they gave like a scientific reason for the lack of aging. Um, but I was just like, wow, y'all really need Shinji. Like you, you, he, he like left and then you had to bring him back in order to like do anything um because he still controls all of your futures which which movie was this where asuka wouldn't age and she was really pissed about it? Mm-hmm. yeah that one um she she wouldn't couldn't age and they had to bring shinji back even though he didn't really want to be there because they don't have control over their own futures not even aging and they they're just like all right you need to be here don't do or touch anything but you need to be here and i was just like wow this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, and when shinji does the one time that shinji ju- does just give up and threatens to leave it's just really heavily implied that they're all gonna die if like shinji doesn't come back which was unsettling to say the least mm-hmm. and he just didn't he just leave anyway just to go yep. just want to go hang out with code <laughs> And it's just like, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah. I'm done with all of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shinji controls everything. That's that's our hot take, I guess. <laughs> Holy shit. That just, like, upended everything. But <laughs> um, I love it because it reminds me a lot of this. I have this wild theory that I've never put it to the test because I'm afraid it might be true. Uh, and it connects to all the things you talked about, like uh, you needing this other thing in order for everything else to like keep going. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Shinji is like the the cog. It's like this machine that is running, and it's missing one cog, and one's like there, it's like oh, everything else moves. Yeah. Um, it's I've been working with engines for the past three weeks, so excuse my metaphor. Um, you're good. So, like I have this wild theory that. If I'm waiting for someone to pick me up or I'm waiting for someone to meet up, whatever, I am waiting for someone. And then they tell me, oh, I'm on my way. I'll be there in five minutes. And then five minutes pass, 10 minutes pass, 15 minutes pass. And you're like, okay. And you're like, I mean, they're probably just around the corner. And you wait and you wait. And then probably an hour passes, and you're like, what the hell? And then the, mo- the exact moment you, like, call them, they answer. They're like, I'm right around the corner. And they're, like, turning in that exact mm-hmm. moment, right? Mm-hmm. So I've always said, like, what if I never call them? What if I just wait until they come on their own, right? That's, like, something that remind me out of that thing. This is something that I've always thought about, it's like, Maybe I'm just waiting here forever if I don't do anything, right? And I feel like that's Chinji's world. It's like, mm-hmm. you are needed for these things, but you're incapable of doing shit. And yeah. we're just going to put you in these things because you, because without you, the Ava one's not going to wake up and like gain consciousness in order to protect you because blah, 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 all these things, right? Right. Um, but yeah, it reminds me a lot of that, of like, how sometimes you just need to do something in order for things to move, I guess. Mm-hmm. Makes any sense. And also I have to say, uh, really, it's like 
not strange i think it was like unexpected for someone to bring buddhism in a show that has like all of the west like all of like judeo-christian iconography like, yeah oh yeah unexpected yeah that's true it's just i i kind of um so i i used to live in japan for a while and um the one thing that I know for sure, and like I, I've talked to a lot of Japanese people about this and they're just kind of like shrugged. This is just the way that it is. I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's just that like Japanese people, they do have their own like religions, like in their society, like Shinto and Buddhism. But really like they are just like all over the place when it comes to like everything. Um, I think that there's like, there's a really famous joke that Japanese people have amongst themselves, which is, I think I'm going to butcher this, but it's something along the lines of Japanese people are born Buddhist, uh, marry Christian, and die Shinto, because those are like the traditions that they do those things in. Um, and, um, and like I ask people like, well, why is that? Because like there's not really that many Christians here. There's not, you know, like that influence shouldn't really be here. Like nobody really here really believes in Jesus, but people are like still doing these traditions and they're just kind of like, shrug that's just how it's always been i don't know what to tell you um and so like given that like hideaki ano who is just like this manic depressive who comes from that society um and then like the official stance that like ano always tells people is that like oh yeah the like religious iconography in naiva doesn't really mean anything it's just there to look cool right and i'm like i like half by that like i definitely like obviously there's like meaning behind all of it but i do think that like uh, like uh, for him being someone who's outside of like the actual like uh, central dogma of religion of christianity um it really seems like he um he would find it really like all the iconography really cool and put it in um but it, i still feel like you know we should kind of analyze it from like the lens of like what if Buddhists were like writing about Christians, you know? And it kind of feels like that's what Ava is like sometimes. I have to agree. I'm just kind of like, um, I I low key kind of feel like um, a whole, like the, the nation of Japan fighting angels is uh, purposeful and it could maybe possibly be symbolic of um, uh, outside forces trying to force um, things like religion and um you know cultural difference onto them and they're just like no send them the robots <laughs> you know <laughs> I, we we don't want these angels here <laughs> they're messing everything up like they've messed everything up all around the rest of the world um so just wanted to chime in and say that it's probably not what it is but i can't help but think about um col colonialism is that the word? Yeah. <laughs> when I uh, when I watch Evangelion. I mean, yeah, I feel like from the little bit of history that I know from Japan is that uh, um, they've always been like very uh, insular or uh, yeah, right? Is that the yeah. uh, I was trying to say it's like they're like their borders are really close. One, they're an island, right? That's one, and the yeah. other one is like weird because there's been times during like their empire building and like changes of power they were like okay japan is closed from the outside world nothing just norway you can send shit in i guess i don't know um and i think yeah that's like i, I like how nikki brought this part of 
um, these outside influences coming in in the shape of monsters, which I think I brought it up in the first episode where I said that Ava for me is like more than a mecha anime, it's more like a kaiju anime. Yeah. Uh, so like there's like a whole history of like kaijus and how they came in like Japan and stuff. But yeah, shit. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I've never lived there. I don't know anything. So I guess Clara might have some insight. No, I, I think that's I think that's pretty I think that's true, honestly. And it kind of makes me wish that they had like a tokusatsu show, like similar to like Common Writer or something. Because I mean, A, that would be dope, but also that would make sense, actually. I think that's I think that's a pretty good point, yeah. Um, I did in in preparing for this episode, um, in my, the last few days, I did read this theory or take that kind of goes along with uh, Nikki's idea that yeah, the angels are um, could be seen as Americans or America. Wait, are you are you gonna say more? <laughs> That's what yeah. you said. That it was like a bullet point. It was like, oh yeah, blah blah, blah this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's so I can see it. that. I mean, like, if the idea of these like foreign um, invaders, it's like the West. You can see the angels again being like this Western Christian imperialist um, mm-hmm. entity coming into Japan. Um, that's totally an angel. Um, it's like fucking the Christian West, right? The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for talking with us about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I hope I'm not getting too into like conspiracy too quickly. <laughs> I think that's oh. the fun thing about this show is like, you can make it about anything you want. I guess it's this like so. It's so like my favorite thing is always hearing what other people think about it. Oh, hi, dog. Oh, and then this was a a, a thing that um and this continued idea of um you know, angels being this, like, uh, well, I guess all, all through all these concept, conceptual levels, angels are these, like, outside invading forces. But um, one of the notes I found out was that all of the Ava character names were actually uh, warships, Japanese warships. Mm-hmm. World War II. Which I, honestly, I gotta say, that doesn't surprise me, just because um, there's a lot of Japanese media where... Um, there's just like hidden warships everywhere. Gainax does this a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, like Gainax specifically, but there's like a lot of studios that like just will like name shit after warships. Like it's just like a thing to be doing. It's a thing. Yeah. It's like a thing. I, there's yeah. a whole show about like one of uh, Japan's most famous warship. Uh, there's a whole anime about it where yep. the Jamato, you know, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I love that show. It's like Japanese Star Trek. Um, exactly. So the Yamato was like this gigantic battleship that was so slow, it was so useless that they never sent it out to fight because it was like such a Japanese pride. They were like, no, it can't sink. I can't sink it. But it was so <laughs> big and slow that the moment it would go into battle, it would be like, boom, 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 boom. Right. <laughs> the thing is, like, apparently in the future they found it. It's like sunk under the ocean, and they rebuilt it and made a spaceship out of it. It was like it's it's like the '70s anime. But yeah, like, uh, 
I think like the fact that J Japan can have like uh, army as a permanent institution, it's uh, it's like I think it's like it's always seen in like a lot of its narrative, right? It's like the self defense force and stuff yeah. like that. Exactly. Um, one of the things that me and Nikki were talking about when we were preparing um, is the the idea that because um, um, there's like those theories about like uh, Ava being about World War II actually, um, which I want to hear a lot of your guys' takes on this. Um, but the specific thing that I have related to that is that um, so somebody like somebody in Japan told me that like in World War II. It wasn't just that like they were following a dictator. It wasn't as simple as that. Like it wasn't like a Hitler situation where somebody rose to power and everyone's like, oh darn, we gotta listen to this person now. It was that they literally thought that the emperor was actual factual God. Um, and then um, when they when the war ended is when everyone kind of realized like this isn't God. This is like it's some dude, like you know, and that was like, and that seems like crazy now, but that was like an actual like revelation that the whole country had. And there were a lot of things that people were doing because they they didn't just fear that their families would, would get killed or that they would be like going up against the state or anything like that. They feared like actual like divine retribution for their whole family. Um, and to me that like further proves like the whole thing about like, the eight angels being like foreign invaders and that kind of thing um yeah especially considering that like japan was being attacked primarily through airstrike so um given that like there's angels coming from the sky and they are led by who they think is god uh it's yeah it's a whole thing wow Yeah, I mean, it sounds, it's like, for me, it rhymes pretty much with, like, the falling of the divinity of kings, right? Kind of like, yeah. wait, is it, so that means that the crown is not divine? You know, it's kind of like, I feel like, I think it's, like, totally believable that yeah. that's, like, a perspective. Yeah, totally. Just, damn. They, they were literally, like, on a holy war. That's kind of intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually a good point. That's true. So, like, in these, like, forms of, like, that we're, like, these forms of, like, seeing and interpreting Eva, um, like, I now feel like each character, when I feel like they were very singular, because I think a lot of the show is about, like, that individuality and how it hurts to be in contact with another individual and how hard it, like in humans interacting can be like now when you're bringing these forms of interpreting i'm like thinking now like what i feel now the characters become like collectives right like yeah each character represents like uh oops like how can I say like an amount of people? No, not amount of people. Like a, a, a like a certain group of people or something like that. Like a hive mind. Yeah, something like like oh, Shinji could be like I don't know, people forced to go to war, right, or something like that. I don't know. 
You know, uh, I just now thought that I just now thought of this. Like, if only Shinji is alive and he's just like either imitating people or making people up, then that means that he literally made up his own worst dad and it's just been like really mean to himself the whole time. Which is for teens, let's be real. Right. I mean, in one way, you could even say that that was what Hideakiyano was doing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it was just, like, beating him, because I feel like Chinji is, like, his most vulnerable part, and just, like, hating, hating on himself the whole time. Because I, I, there's this interview that always breaks my heart when I hear it, and he's, like, there's this, he's, like, on middle school and these kids are asking him questions and he's like, this kid says like what do you like about anime he's like i i don't like it a lot and he's like what's the best part you like about it what's the best part you like about it when i don't see myself and i was like why because i hate it when i see myself in my in my and my projects and i was like damn these kids are middle school they were like kids Right. This guy's just like, I hate myself. I was like, damn. Does that mean that he hates Neon Genesis then? Because, I mean, it's just like, it's about him being sad. Like, it, that's all that, like, I mean, like, I, I get, like, the, the one, the one, like, person theory, like, where that Shinji's the only one just in that, like, it's really just he, you know, like, being depressed and making a world out of it. I mean, like, art is art, right? But... Yeah, like inhabiting your own misery almost. You all know about um like it seems like it's a maybe like a growing term, but how people refer to other people as um what is it? N P C Yeah, um, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Non playable characters? Yeah. Yeah. So like Shinji's the main character and everybody's just an NPC. Yeah. I feel like Shinji is that person that like goes to YouTube and just hangs out at those like at those like safe point like checkpoint videos. Have y'all seen those? They're like these videos where like um they just get they um it's just like a random video, but then like people would go there and and they'll just go, Oh, this seems like safe music. So like from like an RPG. So they'll just like hang out and call it like a save point or a checkpoint. Um, and then like everyone who considers themselves a main character just like hangs out there and it's just like, yeah, man, good luck out there. Like you, like all these NPCs are getting me down, but we know we're the main characters. We got this. This is like actual people <laughs> doing this. Um, I'm just like, that's Shinji. <laughs> I kind of feel like Shinji thinks him and anybody else who's been in an Ava is a playable character and maybe Masato and everybody else is not. <laughs> yeah, um, but I feel like, he, no, let me stop. I was, I was gonna say he thinks he's Sonic and he thinks everyone else is Tails, but I don't think he thinks that highly of himself. <laughs> I, I feel he's like, Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shadow, he's Shadow. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Shinji, is Sonic and everybody else is just like Sonic do the thing fix things you know you Go know do, do the thing you do and then Sonic just sits down he's like I don't want to run no mo <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like you need to this is why you're here this is what you're good at and he's just like I just I just don't want to run no mo 
I... Sonic, go fast, or Amy Rose is gonna have to do it for you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, would you, would you just step into one of the possible Sonic realities of right. Sonic Ava crossover? Right. Okay, <laughs> who's Misato? Ah. That's Rouge the Cat. I mean, that's Rouge the Bat. Oh, I know too much about this. I'm just. <laughs> I hope that like all of your audience that loves Sonic is just like absolutely like giggling to themselves right now. We we did this for you. This was your fan service. <laughs> I mean, Eggman does look like like uh, Gendo. They have glasses that you don't see That's their true. eyes. That's true. They wear a un a red uniform. Like, <laughs> um, he always has plans to end the world. My God, that's the plot twist that like yeah. Eggman he actually is... does it. Eggman is uh, is uh, Sonic's daddy, and he's just like, why don't you love me? And he's just like, because you don't go fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one hit somewhere. Um, <laughs> that was funny. I was, not ex I was never expecting we are going to be talking like Ava, Sonic, Crossover. <laughs> I want to hear more about this World War II theory. Um, I, uh, um, I, we like encountered it when we were researching, and yeah, I want to know more about it. Is there somebody here who feels like they're like the resident expert on Max? I, I'm curious about it. No, <laughs> I just, um, I just saw yeah like about it when I was checking stuff out online. And mm -hmm. just like kind of like all the conditions of the world um, are because of World War II. Um, but I didn't, but I didn't like, yeah, read that much about it. But it did remind me of um, that uh, Pokemon theory that there was like a war right before Pokemon, and that's why. Yeah. In Pokemon's that way, um, so I could like I could see it, like I could see those like parallels because like even like we were talking about earlier with the angels being this like outside invading force. Um, and then, like, the aerial strikes um, that was, like, already mentioned. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's, I think it's an interesting theory because, like, when it comes to, like, the shows that Gynax has done, like, when I think back to all the shows that I think that, like, Gynax has done, almost all of them are, like, coming-of-age stories for the most part. Um, and, like... I haven't seen Gunbuster and Diebuster, but I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong about those being coming of age, kind of either. Um, like, I know Fully Fully came out. Uh, they are okay, yeah. I know they came out. I know that Fully Fully came out after Evangelion, um, but it's just, but it, it's just like more of the same, and it just kind of seems like there's this theme going on in Gainax of like we're going to come of age with a lot of bravado. And we're going to use our bravado to tell everyone else that they ain't shit. That's the plot of Gurum Lagan, by the way, which is by Trigger, like a bunch of people that graduated from Gynax. Um, and, you know, it just kind of feels like um, Ava is like the one plot twist where it's like, but what if the, like, the main character didn't have the bravado, but everybody else did? Um, and 
when I think about World War II, there was just a lot of bravado in all of these countries going to war and like being like, yeah, we're just gonna be the ones that like come out on top. Like Germany was like, yeah, we are hot shit. Japan it was like, we are doing it for God. God is gonna be on our side. It's gonna be great. Um, America was like, God damn it, we gotta do this, but we're gonna be the best at it, even though we don't want to do it. I mean, they said they didn't want to do it, but you know, I have my doubts. Um, and yeah, I don't know. That just kind of seems like the tone of like all of Gainax and like all of the shows that they've ever done. Um, and so like, yeah, shoot. I almost even want to like extend that World War II theory to like a lot of just like other other shows where it's just like they have just been like fighting World War II in like a bunch of different ways where it's like what if world war ii but robots what if world war ii but like your brother dies along the way and then you have to like mourn him and then grow up and then build the city it was just like a whole <laughs> it, it's just like a lot of things that's that's gurren lagan, that's gurren lagan that's gurren, yeah gurren lagan. i like to call gurren lagan the anti-eva where eva is like this downward slope into into insanity yeah uh, gurren lagan is this rise into like hopeful friendship yeah and that like power i was like exactly. okay i like it exactly but I, like to the to the world world two uh met narrative or metaphors like i think like honestly the the, the psyche of the nation was scarred like afterwards i think that's yeah. why we see it so much in like everything like and oh, i feel like there i haven't seen an anime that is not influenced by that psyche scaring like at all like i can like akira is like such an obvious one like even the general says it at some moment right it's like we got mm -hmm. obsessed with rebuilding that we continue building and like growing and growing and growing that there's even places that no one's there we just yeah. like we never stop rebuilding right and i think it's because like man i feel like getting dropped with like two nuclear weapons and fuck up fuck you up like nice and good it's it's like the image like everything is just like it's a i think it's just a deep scar like yeah. emotional psyche of the nation and all the people um i don't know and I, that's how i see that connection mostly being put out not to like not to like simplify it to like uh yeah they got bombed but like no, I know I, it's I like complicated and nuanced, but like that really, I can see that, that like post-war like affecting a lot of the narrative. And I think this is something they said in another Hideaki Anno production, the Shin Gojira movie, the Godzilla movie that he made in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, they say like, oh yeah, like this will be something, they said something about post-war and then someone says like post-war extends forever. And I was like, fuck, you know, it's like, um, it's yeah, like, that's true. that bomb's still exploding for them for some reason, I don't know. Yeah, I think that, I think that Shin Godzilla is such a, and like, I, by the way, I, I completely agree with that take um, because yeah, there's still so much media like to this day where it's just like, yeah, nuclear shit is kind of terrible isn't it um and that's like the main idea i i feel like shin godzilla is even just like on like a brand new league of their uh, of its own with like this like commentary of like war and war two and all of this because shin godzilla really hates the japanese government in like a really big way and 
I love this take. Um, I, I want to say I don't really know how true this is, um, so don't quote me. But I had heard from somebody that, like, it's illegal to, like, um, criticize the government in Japan. So you have to, like, do it in really, like, covert and strategic ways. Um, again, I don't know how true that is. But if that's true, that's the movie. Like, Shin Godzilla is the movie that you would make if that's true. Because, damn, like, the, just, like, this image of just, like, everyone in government government being able to do absolutely nothing at the face of just, like, nuclear Armageddon. I'm just like, Hideaki Anno, these were some shots fired, my man. Like, oh, no, yeah, that, I have to say, like, uh, I mean, this one, I feel like, um, I think the history of, like, Godzilla is well known. It's like, Godzilla represented, like, nuclear power and terror. But in this new one, it was, it was like the most recent like scars of the like events that happened on Japan, which was the, the Fukushima uh, nuclear thing, uh, yeah, nuclear meltdown, and the tsunami. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a lot of imagery taken from those two events that are mirroring that show. And now yeah. it's like, um, and yeah, like the government is the one that like gets like this. Uh, Critique. It won like it, it like won all the awards in Japan, from what I heard. It was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is amazing. Everyone yeah, like, was I, feeling it. Everyone in Japan was like, I love this song. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I mean, the whole hot soundtrack is just like Evangelion soundtrack. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> when they did that like track with the with the drums beating, I'm just like, this is. Am I watching Ava? What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, like the Misato theme song when they're like getting ready to battle. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of Misato, um, I uh, I want to know everybody's favorite characters because because we gotta talk about it. <laughs> My favorite character is uh, Shinji. <laughs> He's he is. Um, yeah, he's. I don't. I don't even have like a really good reason for it, but yeah, Shinji's where it's at. Have we just been bagging on your boy this whole time? No, bag on him. He deserves it. <laughs> he's, he's awful. <laughs> he's like somehow both selfless and the most selfish person on the planet at the same time. He's really indecisive. He deserves everything that comes at him. It's fine. It's, <laughs> he's very memeable. <laughs> Oh my god. What about you, Onyx? Uh, I'm first, like, is first off, was like, I want to say Misato, but I do think it's honestly a toss up between Ray and Misato, and I would even say actually Misato and Lilith, but like, you know, because Ray is the conduit, like, it's got like Ray, but like, Misato is like, you know, I have hard eyes for her forever and always because she's just so great and funny and like the only responsible one. Hmm, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, Wait, she's who's responsible? I mean, like, she is like, she, like Ray? Like, she's a great general, right? Like, she can get the stuff done. She knows how to haul booty if she needs it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that she drinks like every day. Or like, you know, <laughs> moments like that. But like, she still like takes care of two 14 year olds who are going through like raging puberty and don't know how to like 
love themselves or how to relate to other people. So she goes through it in stride. Love it. Yeah, like she just like takes it, you know, and like she even like forces them to become in sync, you know, with each other for that one episode. Like, yeah, she she helps Shinji like see how like great like uh, what the place is. Where are they always inside of the the geo front, or are they kind of like inside outside? I think it's mostly inside, if mm-hmm. I remember. Right. I don't know. She shows. Remember when she shows them like the view when all the when all this yeah. stuff comes up and she's like wow look like you don't have to be all sad anymore and he's like eh. like <laughs> i have to be sad you don't know me like that misato <laughs> misato is also my favorite character um i kind of feel like misato is like one of the few people that like yeah, like you said, like, she's just able to just get shit done. And, like, anytime all the characters are just like, well, we were trying to do this one thing, but we can't because I'm sad, or I couldn't find a way, or because whatever else. Miss Otto's the one who's always just like, all right, let's just get this done, because y'all are just, like, beneath me. And she doesn't say that, but she should, because, you know, I don't know. She's... Misato's a badass. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I agree. I think, like, is my waifu. Definitely. <laughs> yes. um, but I feel like my, fav- like my favorite scene in the show, uh, and I don't know if he's my favorite character, but that's one of my favorite scenes in the show, it's when Kaji is watering the watermelons. Um, mm. And he's just like sitting there. It's like, well, if the world's going to end, there's no other place like I can be. Um, <laughs> you know? And that's yeah. like, for me, it's just like, damn. You know, it was like that one hit weird. Uh, because there's this guy just like watering watermelons in the middle of an angel fight. And which, by the way, he also boised. Uh, Baiku Spiegel. Um, yeah, that's right. He's the same guy. Um, Gosh, and... I talk about a scene that hits different than quarantine. Don't mind me. I'm just out here watering my watermelons. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I like that a lot. But, like, I don't know if he's, like, my favorite character, but that's one of my favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, like, I like the characters that I know the least. So it would be like somewhere between uh, Kaji, Fuyutsuki, and Yui. Like uh, the relationship between Yui and Fuyutsuki is like this kind of like deep respect for each other, even though I know Fuyutsuki had the hots for her. But I feel <laughs> like uh, there was like some weird respect between them and the fact that Gendo didn't know that Fujitsuki knew that Jui always had the upper hand. And like, it always made me feel like Gendo felt like Fujitsuki was beneath him. When Fujitsuki is the one that like, oh no, I'm guiding you to go to that. Right, right. Instead of like, you think you're guiding us, right? But then again, it's like the stereotype, like that, uh, that stereotype, it's the archetype of that, like old wise like 
Japanese character, like it's always an anime, right? That's like knows all the things and mm-hmm. it's like kind of like you know who reminds me a lot of, but like way less funny, or I mean more funny. Uh, Suko's uncle. I feel like that's the yes, Suki vibes. I feel yeah, like totally. Like he's like, yeah, no, I'm chill. I'm here. I'm just doing my duty. But you know, like once you get to like season four, he's like, you know, he's like incredible. <laughs> Right. Um, so that's kind of like how I feel about like my main favorite characters. Like the like the most mysterious ones are the ones that I like the more most. Yeah. How how are you, I, Mighty? Yeah. Um, I feel like before our break, um, I would have said Pin Pin was my favorite character, <laughs> and um, I do think yeah, Masato is the character I related to first and maybe the most on my initial like watching and everything but um these last few days i've been watching like um some more episodes and stuff like that so i think now um i would say ray is my favorite character and um i think recently i've just been really fascinated and thinking about what she thinks or feels and i'm so curious about um yeah like what it what it would be like or how you would think or feel um even if you're partially aware of all the things that ray is let's totally talk about ray let's totally actually do that (laughs) yes so ray who's gonna go first can it be me yes please 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 yes go 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 (laughs) so um clara and i were talking about um ray and her existence and um how she's just kind of doomed. Like, okay, so she is, you know, partially um, Shinji's mother's DNA and probably also part angel. So she's this demigod who is living in a, you know, a human technological society. And um, she knows that her life is fleeting. She knows that if anything happens to her, there's going to be another ray to take her place. Like, she is disposable. She knows this. She knows this very well. Um, she knows that there is somebody who is fond of her, but is it really her or is it just the, the idea or the concept of her? Because there are all of these clones down there waiting to take her place if there's anything that happens to her. So her, her crux is should I dabble in humanity and learn what it means to be human and make friends and act like them and study humanity and, you know, um, like become attached to being human, which, you know, when it's stripped from me, when I, you know, inevitably die because I'm disposable, it's going to hurt more because I have more to lose. Or should I just never dip my toes into the pool of humanity in the first place so that when I do inevitably lose it because I am disposable, um, it, it doesn't hurt as much. Like um, it's, it's, it's kind of like that saying um, it's better to love and lose than to never love at all. But like in this case, it's life. It's not love. 
and um, she 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 reads and she learns to cook and she starts smiling around her friends and peers. She has these conversations. She goes to school, but she's just like, how much do I want to interact with this? Because it's basically a lose lose situation. Um, so that that's my feelings on Ray and. If, uh, if we ever thought Ray was a little bit stoic or could open up a little bit more or could be more personable or friendly, realize that she just has that much to lose. She's disposable. Like she, she could go today, she could go in another eight years. Um, so it's, it's just hard. All of it is hard. It's, it's very hard for her. I thought, yeah, I think all that are great points it's all the things i've been thinking about i guess i i'm one of my general questions is yeah like how much does ray know so like ray does know she's a clone and does know like the other stuff like being like lilith in the dna and like shinji mom's like she knows all that um is always something i'm wondering but then based on like the things you were just saying you know like that expression that like oh yeah like they have an old so old soul so she would have like an old soul from being Shinji's mom but then she'd have a super old soul from being fucking Lilith right um mm -hmm. and then and then this is what I'm asking here when we talk about Ray should we be talking about Ray's like because if there's multiple Ray's you know are we talking about the personality of Ray one what was Ray two like and then your idea if like Ray's trying to like be like oh do I hold back or do I give everything to life like it'd be interesting to see like oh maybe Ray 2 was reserved but then Ray 3 was like I'm gonna actually be trying new shit you know like is there is there differences in personalities between the Rays um and then this is the last the last part before I give it back um I was watching Six Day last night which um, the, is the Arnold Schwarzenegger clone movie from like the 2000s or 90s or whatever. And it's the same thing because like all these clones were like getting killed easily and then just being reproduced. But it's like how much, yeah, like how much transfers, like does nothing transfer? Is it just like, I knew that there was a person that was exactly like me that lived before me, but like nothing comes over. And like, if we were like two people in the same space, we wouldn't feel the same. We would feel like this is like a competition. Or um, is there any like, like continuation of, is cloning a continuation of life or is it just two identical separate lives and those are my questions oh boy i want to say that um when they get a new ray it they're starting from scratch i don't think that like ray's memories and experiences are being beamed into that water tube where all of the rest of the rays are um she is the longest ray to live and in that she's very special and important at least to the viewers but um yeah i think that they're going to have to start from scratch if they grab another ray out of the tank um and anybody else can chime in too i was just really excited about to talk about this <laughs> no I, I think that's on point although i have heard theories that um that like ray has died a bunch of times in the show um and i guess if that's to be believed that maybe the memories do survive because or i don't know i guess that's not necessarily true um i guess i'm kind of trying to think like if if that theory is true that like ray has been killed a bunch of times in the in the middle of the show then like then like what like is she just like been cold to, to everyone the whole time because they're strangers to to, to her 
Um, so I feel like it adds like another layer of like, it's not just that they're like loving a different part of me or someone that like they think is me, but is actually like a different person, but rather it's like, she's genuinely just like, uh, who are you? You're being really familiar right now. Uh, I gotta go. Um, yeah. I think Ray doesn't keep her memories from every time she gets recloned. Well, she she's pre-cloned right like there's like ray bodies and then like this kind of yeah you know yeah. um but i think i feel like she has an inkling of who she is just because of the lilith part because lilith is like essentially like a god right so then you know lilith's soul would kind of remember and so ray is aware of like like i think there's like episode like 18 uh, one of the episodes where it's like just ray and she's like kind of like keeps asking herself like who am i what is me what is you know but yeah yeah like and then like you know comparing the three rays because there's a first like, child ray and i think like ray is kind of creeped out by gendo but has an awareness because again of the like it's a weird maturity that's inappropriate in a child that age but then again like and so like there's like and i think like that like want for life but also like unknowing of like you know too all-knowing and then that unknowing of like what life is really like for or about like what's the point of connection like, I think the biggest separation is, and like, uh, in the Rebuild series, there's, like, Ray 2 and Ray 3 have, like, the biggest gap between them, especially just, like, in years, but, like, you know, like, Shinji almost causes the third impact, and then, like, the Ray that he comes back to is, like, a cold, cold person who doesn't understand what a book is, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know, but then, like, in the end, she she does end up starting the third impact, because she says, like, if you, like, in the, in the main series, like, you know, if you Gendo, and then, like, takes his hand off, and, like, becomes Lilith, but Ray, but Lilith, but Shinji's mom, but Ray, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Oh, I like that take a lot. Yeah, same. What is the point of human connection? <sighs> okay, I'm gonna go back to this like just Shinji theory because like all of this, but it's Shinji thinking it because he still feels like disposable because he's like a sad depressed little dude and he's just like but what if like you know the conditions of my life were like disposable and then like ray happens and all of that happens um yeah i'm still like hung up on thinking about like everybody just like being different facets of like shinji's depression um, but I, I still want to, I, I don't want to like divert like away from Ray. I still want to talk more about Ray, but I just keep thinking that this is like an interesting like thing to like, I guess, keep in mind. Yeah. I guess yeah, I have a question and oh, was mm-hmm. this? Uh, no, you go. Okay. Uh, with the, with the Shinji <sighs> is the only one kind of theory. Cause like. I don't know, I feel like it would work, you, you, because you think that Shinji, the only, like, he had to have been, like, the one who, the only one surviving, like, at second impact, and I feel like it would have had to have been, like, maybe the first episode, like, the first time he gets into the robot, he would have to have, like, somehow accidentally, whatever, I think he'd still be in the Ava, because, yeah, like, I don't know how he would imagine up, like, such a vast world i guess in the in the in like in depression or i guess how do you how do you feel about that how do you feel about my statement i um yeah i see what you're saying and um i think that like 
I don't know, maybe this is a little bit of a cop-out, I admit, but it, it does kind of feel like um, people with depression um, and also like, I don't know, maybe something like schizophrenia or something like that, like there there is like the ability to kind of like go, well, this huge leap of like logic and mental gymnastics is why all of this stuff that makes no sense is going on. Um, and I just kind of feel like if at any point the show were to stop and some like invisible hand were to come in and it turns out it was like, I don't know, Shinji's doctor or something like that. It doesn't have to be that cliche, but just as an example, like if that were to happen, like the show is just interrupted and the doctor just comes in and it's just like, Shinji, what are, what are you talking about? What are these like Ava's? And then he's just like, that's like the reason why all of this is happening, you know? Um, which again, contradicts it because then there wouldn't be no doctor, but um yeah, I do kind of feel like, um, and that's kind of also why I was talking about like psychic battles with uh, the angels in the sense that I do still kind of feel like Shinji was still fighting the angels, but I still, but I think that it was like more of like a psychic thing. Like it feels like, uh, Shin, it kind of feels like Shinji is like an X-Man where like he's just like doing telepathic battles with people, with like angels, um, but then like they eventually uh, get to him. Um, I feel like his depression doesn't necessarily have to limit his uh, imagination is I guess what I'm saying. Um, Cause I feel like with the, with the mental illness does come sometimes the, um, I don't know, like I feel like this has happened to me with mental illness where people are just like, well, why do you think that? And I'm just like, looking like Charlie in like, it's always sunny, like pointing at my like elaborate board of like, this is why everyone's like against me or hates me or whatever. And I kind of feel like Shinji's doing that a little bit. I get that. I definitely, I feel that hardcore. And I guess the yeah, end is the same way. I don't know. I've never heard of him being the only one. I haven't heard, I guess I haven't really gotten into that many conspiracy theories. So like, it is like most of these are new to me. So oh yeah, no, totally. Yeah. This is, this is literally something I just like thought of in thin air, like as I was like rewatching last year. Um, I don't think anybody else has said this. Um, and if they have, I haven't like talked to them or anything, but like, I don't know, this is, yeah. And I, I admit it's like a new theory even for me. So like, I don't have all of like the, uh, what is it, details worked out or anything like that, but I don't know, it feels like it holds up to an extent. Um, it also like explains the original ending of the show with like the like the very, very last episode with like all like the slideshows um, and everyone just like congratulating like Shinji for like finally like getting over his depression and everything. Um, yeah, cause it, it kind of feels like that's like, it kind of feels like that's some like post third impact um, instead the whole like thing with Lilith is she wants to like have everything be go back to like a primitive state, but um, it kind of seems like instead of that, Shinji is taking control and just going like instead of it going back to a primitive state where we all have to just do this all over again, um, maybe people are like around long enough to like tell me that like I'm the greatest and then I believe it. What a concept! Um, and it feels like maybe that's what he's, what he's like ushering in, in the like original third impact, which I know that that was like an ending that the, that guy Nags did because they ran out of budget, but I th still think that there's merit to it. Like, I don't know, like maybe pirate, like that's all, I feel like that's always been a rumor. 
that they run out of money just because of how it looks. But mm -hmm. like, uh, it's been said like that was the intended ending from the start. And like, if you see those two episodes, there's a lot of money put into those episodes. Like, there's backgrounds that they never use. Like the one That's of true. like the theater, like that whole theater space was never like used in any of the other episodes. That's uh, true. There's like these beautiful backgrounds where there's like fog and falling trees. Uh, and then like that little glimpse into this other reality where there's no Evas, right? Yeah. Uh, which Evangelion would just be like a slice of life of kids going to school, Julie's alive, like like I always felt like that was and now that you brought it up like thinking about like your theory of saying like Shinji's all by himself, like maybe Shinji's just like been fighting with these things and that's how they feel to him. And I think I wanna bring something that Max brought up in episode one or two, I don't remember which one. But Max said like I think Ava is just about a story about a kid going through his like the end, right? Or third impact was like going through his first breakup where you just think mm. the world is ending, right? Like, ah, I just feel like the worst. And like, not like, I've been like, ever since you brought it up, I've been like, whoa, you know, I've just been like taking aback by it because I've never, I've been, I've, I don't think I've been capable of removing myself from like the formal aspects of the show of like the world just because I really like it. I like how it sounds, I like how it looks, I like being in it, and I like watching these robots and these weird angels. But then like seeing it as this like construction of like someone's personal inner hell and then coming out of it in those last two episodes and um like what piloting and Eva is for this kid and like all these breakdowns or like we see a breakdown of uh Misato no we see a breakdown not like of oh my mental breakdown no like a breakdown <laughs> of the character of like Chinji, uh Asuka and Ray. Um but my favorite thing like I've always been so into the fact that it's taking up in a theater, right? Like uh, I think that has something to say about that. Like, it was kind of like this, I don't know. Like, I know there's something about the use of that space. It's something that I just wanted to brought up and um, how it was intentional from the start. And the reason why the end was made was because they were getting death threats and like, uh, you know, like some rough shit happened. That and then, is true. Yeah. Hideaki was like pissed that he was almost forced to do it that he turned Shinji into like the most miserable and shitty person that it could be because he was like I hate you all I don't want to be doing this um but like which is such end, a Shinji move by the way yeah it was like so petty of him that he's taught said that Shinji was like his interpretation of like an otaku it's like you're not living in reality you're like obsessed with this stupid cartoon and you're willing to fuck up the world just so you can watch this stupid thing that you can't live without right um and that's why she did that horrible thing at the beginning it was like how do i make him just so not likable <laughs> um 
But yeah, I don't know. Like, that's just me saying. Hey, Shinji, you want to save the world? No, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny because I, I agree with you. And I also feel like literally everything that you said about Ano is such a Shinji move. <laughs> like, like if, I feel like if Shinji was an anime director, he would handle it the same, like exactly the same. Um, I've always also had this like theory that like, there's so many people out there who are just like, oh, Shinji's such a coward. He's such a this and that and the other because he wouldn't get into robotics, Y and Z. But I'm like, mm, first of all, Shinji is just Hideaki Anno. Like they're just like the same person. Like I, I don't, I don't see any separation between the two of them, first and foremost. But also, second of all, um, I'm just kind of like, all right, so. I'm going to put you in that Ava universe and you mean to tell me that you saw an Ava for the first time and you were just going to get in it because you thought it was going to be like cool like oh yeah like I'm going to like just get into this like death trap with like by the way a cockpit that like this is like the most avant-garde cockpit that I've ever seen for like a robot it's not like Gundam where like it just like you know, you just like get into a chair and like like a little piece of metal just like unfolds over to cover you up or anything like that. No, you have to get into like a giant screw and like that's filled with water and then it gets screwed into the robot and like, it needs machine, you need machinery to do all of that. Meaning that you could be stuck in the Ava um, if the screw won't come out, if like if the screw is stripped and you're just like jammed in there um like there's just so much that can go wrong with like this robot not not anything like not the least of it being the fact that you're about to do battle for the first time and people are like yeah we, i'll get in the robot sure <laughs> you know i feel like shinji just like looked at it and was like no nah, this seems scary i'm good <laughs> yeah i think that's one of the change i like I, I i wanted to bring up like that once one of the changes from the revealed series is that I think in the mid of the first movie, Misato shows Shinji Lilith, and he's like, this is what we're fighting for. If they come in contact with this, like, the whole world fucking ends. And he's like, oh, shit, you know, like, he, like, understands the stakes, past mm -hmm. stakes. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's, like, something. It's like, he's just being forced into it in the show. It's like, get in it. No one else can. And I was like, I don't want to. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just nonsense now. <laughs> um, one of the things I love about Ava is, you know, like we talked about it, is like all this, um, like um, Christian mythology references to um, Judeo-Christian Christianity, and then now, of course, like all the emotional, um, sad stuff. But um. I guess, like, for me, it's still, like, figuring out what all this stuff is. So, um, what is, so there's, so the Avas, the angels, came from these two different seeds, right? These seeds of life that were sent through the universe by this first ancestral race. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just like, what, do you, what is that? What do y'all, what, where are we around all of that? Um then I also was reading online that there were seven seeds that um that so like only there's like you know a fixed amount of these seeds. Two of them were Adam and Lilith. And then um who is who is this first ancestral race? Um yeah, like mm. all that stuff. Are the seeds just like 
Are they just like the Ava pilots or like the people that could be Ava pilots? The seas. No, like the like, geofronts. They are the, they're like the mm. moons or the planets that had the um, Adam in it or had Lilith in it. Oh, gotcha. I see. Damn. That's cool. I actually don't know that much about this. I kind of want to know more. Um, do y'all know a little bit? I just knew like that stuff because I feel like they never talk about it in the show. And I only knew that there was even like a first ancestral race from um, looking at stuff online. But still this idea too that like, I, this is also, I guess, like attached to that question is like, so if the moon is like one of these seas, like if Adam came from the moon, right? And then mm. Lilith comes from a, a different moon that's like inside of Earth. Um, like, I guess like, how are they still maintained? Like why, how could Adam come from the moon? But the moon still be like a single entity. Um, I think. Oh yeah, I remember. Wait, wait, wait. Um, like in the rebuild series, Adam is in the moon. Like yeah. they have, uh, they have like a headquarters or like they have like a whole. Oh my god, what's the word I'm looking for? Not institution, not headquarters. A scientific base. base. Yeah, they have like a base up in the moon. And it's like an atom is like coming out, like they're digging it out of the moon. So I think in it, it's like it kind of like crashed with the with the Earth and like atom fell out or something, and then like bounced out and like started going in orbit. That's how I think about it. But um, all that information about the first ancestral race came because they made like a PSP game. Um, like in 2009 or 12, I don't remember. They made like a PSP game that was called like Evangelion 2 or something like that. And Hideaki Anno gave them like all the kind of like all the back, is it the backdraft? What's the like all the background? Yeah, like all the background story and all the back uh, information of like Ava. And he gave it to them, and it became like unlockables on the on the game. So it was like all of that is like super recent information that everyone's just like, finally, we got some stupid background story on that, um, and that's why they became like a lot of theories around that. I don't did I didn't know there were only seven. I thought it was like only two kinds and there were like so many well yeah there's there's the two that accidentally come to earth but then they say that the seven also because like references goes back to like the imagery we see at the beginning the tree of life these like seven mm -hmm. root seeds or whatever like which go back to i guess to um that imagery how much of it again is intentional versus just like a visual thing but um if we look at it as intentional then it would still be like oh yeah that like goes back to like the Kabbalah or whatever, the tree of life and all these um, like seeds where people came from or not people, but entities or beings. I kind of feel like for me, the explanation is that like all of these are like deities. So like all of these like seeds are probably just like deities that ended up just like um creating their own like will on, on things and um oh, i don't remember when I, this i had mentioned but i i feel like at some point i was talking to nikki 
we were researching and I had compared the characters to kind of like Indian gods in the sense that like they're they're like Greek gods in the sense that they're they're all they're still like divine figures and everything um like it feels like Greek gods are more like people with superpowers and it kind of feels like Indian gods are like actual full-blown like demigods and like angels and all of this but just like with the personalities of humans um and I'm kind of inclined to believe that like Adam Lilith and all of these other things that are like represented in the seven seeds are the same where they're just like legitimate like mystic angels and like holy figures and like this kind of thing but it's just like still have like human agendas um or at least like you know human personalities anyway um and to me like that's kind of striking because like if we use like Lilith as an example like she has this whole idea of like oh y'all are sinners and I have to bring y'all back to like a time where like original sin wasn't like a thing anymore so like y'all can you know try again and everything and it's like you kind of have to have like a to even like do that you kind of have to have an opinion in the first place right like if you're just like an unfeeling like cosmic force you won't even have like an opinion you won't even like you'll just do it it wouldn't matter right but like there's this whole it just kind of feels like people are always talking about Lilith wants and you know this is what the angels want and this and that and the other but to have that one you have to have an opinion um so yeah it just kind of seems like they're like like deities in like the most literal sense I hadn't thought about um like Lilith and Adam having like individual agendas because I guess I still thought that like they were like um you know like on some trajectory like maybe this like first ancestral race was like this is your programming like maybe so I guess I had always like thought of it as like more like oh they have this like instinct or this like drive but I hadn't thought about them being more like I guess having more agency or like that Adam and Lilith are like these like living entities that like are like actively wanting to achieve their goals um Mm. but yeah that's an interesting um yeah new perspective to have on it but because yeah i was definitely thinking that like maybe it's just like i guess i didn't see them as yeah this like individual with like the specific goal but more of this like entity on a path but Mm -hmm. no i I like that take too actually to me that kind of makes it seem like they are like kind of like machines because you are saying like that they're programmed to do a thing um yeah it's kind of interesting then because um, I, I think, and, and so part of why, um, so I like that take. And I think part of the reason why I always, uh, I've always seen it as like Lilith wanting things is because, and maybe I'm wrong about this, um, but I think at some point it like came to light that like there's a little bit of uh, Lilith's DNA in unit one, right? And like unit one is like the one that is the most prone to like freak out and just like act on its own and do like its own thing. And I guess like you could, yeah, like as I'm saying it out loud, it's like, yeah, you could still say that like, it's still like a machine that's like doing, like it's doing a thing, like it has a drive to do a thing, but I wouldn't even go so far as to say that like unit one freaking out that way was like programmed that way. It just kind of seems like it uh it was like breaking free for a second or something like that that's kind of how i've always read it anyway i but like as when i hear that you're saying that like you felt like lilith was programmed that kind of makes me think some more about it um because i also had never seen it that way so 
I just feel like Unit 1 had so much going on. It was just like this DNA, that DNA, human DNA, God DNA, and now there's a new pilot. Freak out time. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, I think we have a little bit of the timeline messed up, mm. if I can clarify, but yes, please. I believe unit zero, I think from what I, and like, I, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls and like, I think it was a PS2 game, just like, and come back, right? Um, but so unit zero, so they found Lilith and then unit zero was ripped from Lilith, kind of like split in half. And I can't, I think... Someone showed, either I watched a video or someone showed me a video or like, or, or we watched it in an episode or something where like unit, because you know, unit zero always goes berserk, it's directly from Lilith. And then from that you have unit one and unit one is like, you know, kind of just like, I think because Shinji and his mom are so connected in there, that's why like that one goes a little berserk. And then my understanding is that Adam and Lilith cannot be on the same planet, right? It's an accident that they're there. So one of them has to stop existing, either the Lilin, the people or or the angels and so that's why it's always like so like I, I I guess like it's more like a I've always understood it to be more of like a Darwinian kind of thing where it's like one or the other can't you know so like one has to destroy the other in order for it to be fine so I I could inter like you know I, I totally see how that would be interpreted as like kind of like the Lilith's will because it's like she wants but she's Lilith is like the 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 mother like the mother of the people. I think an ungendered mother, but like of of the Lilin and then obviously, and then Adam is the one who's like trying to be like, I got all the big monsters with eyes, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's yeah. If that I don't know how that y'all feel about it. Going I like nothing. Yeah, going off that. Um, so are you saying that like Lilith was halved? And then, so it's like half of Lilith, and then the other half becomes Unit Zeros, and then Unit Zeros halved again, and then it's Zero and Zero One. Are the is that how you're saying? So the reason why Lilith looks like this is because it was a rip at first, and then I think they cloned Unit Zero and made it better, and that's why she has all the cool legs. And the the Spear of Longinus is the only like I love this shirt because it's like. You know, so the spirit of Longinus is what's keeping her from becoming like, from from, from becoming Ray. You know, I don't know why yeah. they took the spear out when they did it. I guess also she's all like pinned in and stuff, like the, like Jesus. Which also like, why mm -hmm. is there Jesus? Like, what? <laughs> but you know, I love this. <laughs> I I kind of feel like I want to like hear more about this Onyx because I. Yeah, I feel like the like the Lilith and Adam aspect of the show is like the part that I know like the least about, and I'm glad that I've like found a fan who's like super passionate about like Lilith specifically. <laughs> yeah, Lilith. I mean, like I don't. It's I think it's just like the period. Like you know, going back, it's going back on Ray is like the curiosity of like being a demigod kind of thing, and like. You know, like, so what is, like, all, so angels all have a soul, and then I am, like, super into the Judeo-Christian, like, stuff, just because, like, you know, I was, I was raised Christian, so this is, like, you know, to see it, like, kind of even more crazy and personified is, like, super cool to me, like, and I like to nerd out about that, uh, so, you know, I just, 
like I didn't I don't I've never known who Lilith was in Christianity so I don't even know how she would like real like relate into this story but it's interesting to like see this like kind of doughy creature that is kind of for the people and the people are from this doughy creature like I am pro um instrumentality actually like if I'm like you know I I'm glad that Shinji like got out of it but I would much rather like I'm curious what it would be like to be like goo and like what would happen in a world where we're all goo like would we actually hear everybody's thoughts forever and forever like would I come out of the goo or would I not like it seems cool like I I'm pro Lilith I'm, I'm pro goo yeah <laughs> pro goo 2021 love it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would like to follow that up. Um, so, uh, yeah, following you, this idea of, like, being raised Christian and then being into Ava because of that, it makes mm-hmm. me think that I was, like, watching some, falling down some rabbit hole, some YouTube rabbit hole the other day where it was, like, um, critiquing, like, all these different, like, um, Christian, like, cartoons that they showed a kid to, like, help indoctrinate them. But then that'd be funny if, like, instead of, like, seeing those cartoons as, like, kids, you would watch, like, Ava as, like, this form of um christian indoctrination but um but then again with this idea of the adam and lilith um because like this was also a little bit of what i was reading online is that um what what is the combination like what is the the combination because it was this idea that ray and karu are right are adam and lilith as in this original combination but then um this idea that that shinji and then asuka become this new um adam and not lilith but eve and oscar's more eve and raise a lilith and then that still make potentially in this scenario uh shinji would be adam with a lilith and ray or lilith ray but then oscar eve but then the original variation again would still be ray karu as adam lilith um but potentially if this third impact ends and then it's oscar and um Shinji, then potentially that the dawn of like you know the Garden of Eden or whatever. But um, so yeah, that, none of that was like statements; those were all questions, I guess. <laughs> I I like that that kind of. But wait, so who did you say that Kauru Kaudu would be then? Well, yeah. So that in that one, it would still be Ray and Karu, and Karu would be Adam, and then Ray would be Lilith, which was like the original pairing. Because, like, you know, in the Garden of Eden, then Lilith is like, I don't want to be subservient. So then Eve comes into the picture. Um, mm-hmm. And you could say that, you know, if you're looking at it with Shinji as Adam, you would say potentially Shinji and Ray, but then the more, um, not like appropriate, but then the, the modified um, scenario would be Shinji and Asuka as Adam and Eve. <laughs> Or Shinji and Kaoru as uh, Adam and Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like Shinji and Kaoru would be like an Adam and Steve kind of situation. Adam and Steve. Yeah, yeah Adam like, and Steve. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, if we're, like, really trying to apply it to the Bible, right, you know, maybe, and, like, maybe because it's Neon Genesis, right? Like, new, new, you know, right? Makes sense, right? The t- <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, if Lilith was trying to, like, basically... I don't, I really don't know the story of, of Lilith that well, but I don't, like, was she a sinner? Like, was she, like, really, like, was she trying to eat the apple or not? No, the apple doesn't, isn't related to Lilith. Lilith was, um, the idea is that Adam and Lilith were both made of earth 
and then um they were like mentioned they were like on the same level but then god was like oh you need to be subservient to, to adam and Lilith was like no i'm not gonna be subservient so like i don't know like the story becomes vague after that that's where like lilith exit and that's where like all the occult like mythology goes in about like what happens to lilith after that but then yeah like lilith but then is, like, god the takes demons. yeah but then god takes like a rib from adam and then makes eve and then that's why um, you're supposed to be like Eve is different because Eve came from Adam versus both Lilith and Adam coming from Earth. Could Kaudu be the snake then? Um, I, I potentially think. that could be a read with Karu being um, what all the variations of the snake. But you could also say that maybe Lilith comes back and becomes a snake as like this knowledge giver. Um, well yeah that's like i was thinking like maybe lilith like but i don't know if lilith is like because ray is out of it like she's kind of like like she'll like she's got like she kind of is like i'm like waiting for you plebeians to like be done playing around because then i'm just about to like you know and then you're good <laughs> so, it's good time <laughs> yeah <laughs> time to get goofy uh so like i don't know like but kaudu is kind of like always been in Shinji's corner though like and support Shinji and so I almost would say that it'd be like male Lilith or like I don't know the angel like the angel on Adam's shoulder if Adam had one but he didn't because he ate the apple too so like I don't know Karu's like I don't know he's too nice he's he's the only one that actually showed Shinji love if I remember but right. I think I still feel like even with uh that's still the fact, like, um, Kaoru being the snake is actually a pretty good read because, like, wasn't it the case that, like, the original depictions of, like, Lucifer were just, like, this really gorgeous person who were just like, hey, what y'all up to? That's cool, that's cool. Y'all want to take a bite of this apple? Like, it just, it wasn't, like, the, like, really menacing fire and brimstone, like, red dude. It was just kind of like, hey, let's just, like, chill. Y'all want to, like, I don't know, Netflix and Apple or something? And, um... And yeah, I uh, I kind of feel like that's kind of how Kaoru is approaching it, where like Kaoru very clearly wants something that like nobody else seems to want anyway, and eventually just kind of like weasels his way in and just kind of goes, yeah, we should just like do third impact. You want to just like third impact real quick? Like, I think we could like do that. I think you might want to like go for that. And I kind of feel to me that's kind of always been how like satan like lucifer has always come off to me um yeah but like how do he he sacrifices himself though like ev like in every i don't know about the manga but like most series like he's like i'm not gonna make you start the third impact shinji i'm gonna just kill myself and, and save you because i love you know <laughs> is he jesus i think that's a ploy though like i like I don't know, I think that's a ploy because I, I kind of feel like even that reading I would still apply to like Lucifer. Um, because imagine like, imagine Lucifer being like, hey, um, I want to tell you about all this knowledge, but you can't tell God because if you tell God, then I will get fired and I won't be an angel anymore. So I'm like taking one for the team by like being here, okay? Um, and I think like, I feel like Haru is going about it in like a really similar way. Like I do think that he is like, genuinely wanting to be supportive of uh of shinji i do think that part is real 
But I do think that like the whole, oh no, let's not start with their impact. Let's just, you know, like I'm gonna sacrifice myself like for you. And it's like, of course he knew that like Shinji would like go in and like save him, you know? Um, that's that that's at least been how like I saw it, where it's like you can't just say like, oh, I'm gonna like kill myself in front of you, I'm gonna like sacrifice myself in front of you, because like Shinji's too nice, he's gonna like try to save you, and like that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I uh I thought about that too of um everything that Shinji is uh, no everything that Kaoru is doing is a ploy because he has an objective and he's just happens to be doing it like a really kind way but um yeah my my heart doesn't want to believe it <laughs> Yeah I can see yeah Kaoru being like manipulative um and like being nice manipulative and getting um his way through that but I'm also interested in this read of Karu as Jesus, as this like sacrificial lamb. Um, I think that's interesting too. And I feel like I'm just starting to think about it, but as I continue to think about it, I'm sure I'll see more yeah. central connections. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to shut down anybody's read, Onyx, because I think that your read is pretty, like, I think it's serious of your read is really, really good. Um, I'm just trying to like, I don't know, explore what it would it be like if like yeah, if Kaoru was Satan, I guess. No, I like that idea too of um being this like yeah, knowledge bringer, but also this idea of yeah, like being beautiful, the most beautiful. <laughs> Shinji never oh. had a chance. <laughs> right, right. Um okay, speaking, speaking of say oh sorry, did you have No no go go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so speaking of Satan, um, this was something that I had like said when we were researching, just like as like a throwaway thought. Um, I have put zero thought into this. I just kind of said it and I went, huh. Um, and I was just kind of curious about, about y'all's take on it. Um, so like in like the document y'all sent us, it said something along the lines of like Sele, maybe the Illuminati. Um, and I was like, that's actually kind of, and like Nikki was talking about how like, uh, she had pictured Sele as being, um, excuse me, a combination of like humans and deities and like all these things. Um, and like, that was like her reason for why it couldn't be the Illuminati. But I was like, that's actually the reason why it could be the Illuminati because like the people who believe in the Illuminati think that, or excuse me, that it was like a bunch of world leaders and like deities. Um, and I'm just kind of like the people who believe in the Illuminati feel that like not only is there like a secret organization with like every single like world leader in it, but that also they are in cahoots with a bunch of demons, specifically like Baphomet and Satan. Um, and I'm like fascinated by this idea that like if Sele is actually the, the Illuminati in this in, in this way, like like a bunch of people who are like have teamed up with like devils to then like fight angels um and that was the point where i was just like oh huh there's like a lot of implications to that um and yeah again i just kind of said it as a throwaway thought and like didn't really like elaborate further on that but um i'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of curious how y'all feel about that take Um, yeah, I think I definitely, I definitely feel, feel that. Um, cause like, I feel like within the Ava world, 
right they know about nerve and like nerve is like the one that um gets like the publicity and like it's like the known institution but then there's this secret institution even behind that that like nobody else knows about that has its like own agenda that is doing its own shit and like again like thinking about like resources and like who has the resources for this kind of stuff and this idea that like you have to pull all of the like the global resources together and like it's only able to be done by like having like a secret cabal a secret cadre of like um yeah like world leaders like all the most powerful people that are like oh we're able to do this because we're like secretly pulling all the strings um and then so i definitely think that like it it would be like you know the ava ava's version world of that like illuminati of that like secret society um i hadn't thought about it about this like idea of being in communion with like demons and stuff like that but now that you've mentioned it like i like to think about like oh maybe it was like if it if they were trying like if human instrumentality project was to reach um what was it it was to reach um it was to reach instrumentality right they wanted to turn into goose i was like oh yeah were they being like whispered to by adam was like adam like even behind them or something but yeah those are oh that's two cents that's a cool take too dang i really like the idea that in order to fight angels humans and world leaders need to team up with devils and demons <laughs> they're just like all right we need to get these angels out of here guys <laughs> We're just gonna go full apostasy right now. <laughs> hmm. And is it is it Sailor or is it like Seal? I've always thought it was like Seal. Yeah, I've never known how to pronounce it, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. I think I've said Seal, but I don't know. Well, I think it's usually been Seal, but I think like the Netflix new dub said Sailor. I don't. Because I think that's how you pronounce it in German, probably. So I think oh. it makes because it is a because it, it is a German word. True. So. True. Oh, and that's another like um point that people note on the internet is that like the only like thing that comes from outside of Japan in the show are like German things. There's only like um the only non-Japanese character is a German character, and then um mm-hmm. the prevalence of like German words again to um Japan's ally in World War II Germany. Yes, can we talk about war? <laughs> um, uh, Clara and I were talking about um, the notes that you had in the script, and one of them, and, and it just, I'm sorry. Um, one of, they, they were just talking about like how a lot of the protagonists are 14 and how they, how in the war um, some of the soldiers were like 14 year old soldiers and how Masato has a lot of beer in her fridge because of um, that was widely accessible during the war. And I was, as I was reading this, my mind was just like slowly blowing about how this whole thing is a commentary on war. And I was really excited to talk about it if we have the time. Yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I definitely agree. Um, I think that's one of my appeals or one of the things that appealed to me about this show was like, it felt, even though it was like about fantastical things, it felt like really grounded. And I think I've like mentioned this to like Onyx and Ruben before, like the idea that they're, um, they have to worry about like budgets and they have to like worry about like um, energy and like the amount of effort it takes 
for like in that one episode where they fire that like cannon or that um one gun that like get power from all over the country um all that feels like very real which that was that was on Masato too though I just want to bring that up is that she like forced people to get for that gun (laughs) (laughs) yeah they, um, yeah, I'm probably going to do, like, another rewatch of Evangelion, and I'm probably going to, like, look at it differently now that I know that it's, like, this giant commentary on war and access powers and, you know, other forces and, you know, Christian symbology and just all of this stuff. I mean, like, I, I was the Evangelion fan. I was just like, this is so pretty. I love it. It's so yeah. cute. it's so beautiful. It makes me want to cry, and I just I just love the colors and I just love what's going on. But like now that I'm learning more about Evangelion, I'm just like, oof, child soldiers. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's hard to notice that this is what they're doing because when you watch a lot of anime, a lot of a lot of kids fight, but um, it it means a little bit. It 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 feels a little bit different now that. I'm like reading all of the similarities between like the anime and the war. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we'll start wrapping it up. Um, this has been, I think, yeah, I think this has been an amazing episode. I feel like we talked about a bunch of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like we could talk about all these topics for a lot longer. Um, but yeah, so this has been um, our special episode. Um, we will be back with our expert analysis of Neon Genesis Evangelion um, future episodes. Um, now we can move on to parting words. Okay. Let me find that in the script. Hold on. Ruben? I'm getting there. Oh, I go first. Um, I don't know. I don't like saying goodbye. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, that could be your parting word if you want to. You don't like to. <laughs> you don't like to say goodbye. I'm changing. I don't like to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. We'll be seeing each other soon. Mhm. And uh, thank you for having me on. I love talking about Evangelion, and I love hearing all of your hot takes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's always better to find more people to talk about Eva with, and uh, it's it's been great to hear everybody else's, like, opinions about things, but we should also do a watch party of the, of the last movie, just, just for, just for the sake of doing it. Oh my gosh, yes, please. Can we actually do that? I don't even care if it's digital. Like, we, we, I would love to watch the next movie with you i can stream it on discord for y'all yeah let's do that let's what do you say january 23rd we'll do a is that when you said it comes out the 23rd mm-hmm. all right cool I might, yeah. cry. <laughs> I might cry a lot i'm so, so excited that's the last rebuild is what's coming out yeah mm-hmm. all right i have to watch they, the other ones i haven't watched any rebuilds um they released a song that's gonna be in the movie and it's like a happy song so I'm excited. I'm hopefully we finally get like a happy ending. I hope. I, that, that would be nice. I mean, like I'm not expecting it, but that would be really nice. Just like 
a whole bunch of kids in school slice of life stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they're all eating bento boxes together on the roof and sharing and saying how much they like and or hate each other's bento boxes oh i just i just want them to be happy after so long you know? oh yeah there's a trailer there's a trailer that they just released um and there's winter there's a scene with someone who's wearing like uh a hoodie that's like stitched or like what is this thing um knitted boarded. yeah knitted knitted yeah like a knitted knitted uh hoodie and it's winter you can see like the breath coming out it's it's not as sad like red as the third one um it's very vibrant and colorful and the new song it's like uplifting but my take was always like we get cruel angel pieces like to end the whole movie and like finally having it play in the show not like as an opening i don't know that's something that i always wanted just them like a happy moment and having that song like not be depressing that'd be nice that would be nice all right so parting words yeah we're on a parting words if you want to do your parting words um clara okay um Thank y'all for having me. Um, it was a lot of fun. I am so glad I got to talk. Uh, so much absolute conspiracy trash with everyone. I really appreciate it. Um, it's a rare treat. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Um, the, should I be plugging something or anything like that? Like, should I? Yeah, if you want it. to, if you have anything you want to plug, plug it, plug away. Sure. Um, so I would say everyone follow me either on, uh, so either on, uh, Twitter at, uh, Clara, C-L-A-R-A. Oh no, I almost forgot to spell my own name. Let me try that again. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at C-L-A-R-A-E-M-E-M, Clara E-M-E-M, um, or at itch.io, um, and the uh, our page there is uh, Diabla Soft. Diabla is like in Spanish. Um, and I, uh, yeah, we are making video games and I'm really pumped about it. And I want more people to play our video games. It's like our little like uh, team of like uh, trans and woman led like video game developers essentially. And I'm really pumped for it. So yeah, that's where y'all can follow me. Yes, go play the video games. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had a great time. This has been so much fun talking with everybody. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Clara. Thank you, all of our special guests, our regular guests. Um, yeah, while you, were, while, you were, while you were away, we talked about screening. Um, was it January 23rd? The last Ava episode, uh, movie rebuild. Um, yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you all. Um, yeah, we'll be back. That's it. <laughs> all right, we'll stop recording now. Take care. Um, where's the... Man, I love talking about Ava.